welcome to The Sweetest Little Life. I'm your host, Courtney Hansen, author, creatrix, NLP coach, hypnotherapist, and Reiki master, yoga instructor, and meditation expert. As seen on Fox, CBS, NBC, and CEO Medium, I am here to guide you into the duality of life and step into the sweetest little life that is right in front of you by empowering you to heal, step into purpose, and become the divine inner goddess that you were destined to be. Happy Tuesday. Today we are talking with Heather and we are talking some taboo topics and I am so excited to bring you this spiciness. So before we start the podcast, I want you to think about the things that really get under your skin and start asking yourself why. Why do they bother you? Why do they upset you? And start challenging these questions and meet them head on instead of running from them or just folding until what you've been told your entire life. Why is a powerful question. Today, we are talking all the things. So we're talking money. We're talking how to stand out as a coach. We're talking about how the coaching industry has really become flooded and how you can stand out amongst the rest and how to live authentic and be in alignment and be abundant and what that truly means on a very deep level. Without further ado, let's welcome Heather to the show. Did you know that one in three adults are addicted to cell phone use? I did not want this for my kids. I found Gab Wireless, which has no internet and no apps, but they can text, call, take pictures, have calendars, and all the creative access that's needed. Gab believes in having your kids play outside and live experiences, not being on electronics. I felt safe getting my son this to avoid cyberbullying and having free access to the internet. The best part? This month, they are having a sale, $65 for the phone and $19 a month. Use code Courtney30 at checkout. GabWireless.com. Heather, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. How's it going? It is going great. Thank you so much for having me, Courtney. I love your podcast. It's an honor to be a guest. Yay. Yes, I cannot wait for the juicy conversation and all the insight. So I have to know, how did you step into your purpose? What was your story? I know some of us have crumbling ones and other people are like, I just came out and I started doing it. (laughs) I love it. I suppose my story is a a little bit of both. And every time I I share my story, I'm like, oh, I feel like it's like the beginning of that book, David Copperfield. Like I begin my (laughs) life on the first day of my life on the day I was born. You know, I never know where to start, but um, I think... I think I'll start with my first job when I was 22. Um, I worked as a career coach. I've always been a coach. My whole professional life, I've been a coach. And, you know, it was a very like boiler room, you know, bro marketing type of job. And, um, you know, it was all about numbers and, and kind of making money and being profitable. And yet what I really fell in love with was connecting with people. And I had this one um, client that I was helping her get one of the lowest paying positions that our recruiting firm was hired to fulfill, right? There's not a lot of money in this, but 
I just fell in love with her. She was a single mother. She had a, she was very, very young. She had a two-year-old son she was raising by herself. And we were, um, I was trying to help her get an administrative position. I worked harder for her than I did anyone else. And she got the job and it wasn't a lot of money for the firm. Nobody was like ringing bells and having, you know, a celebration that I, um, you know, helped her, but I will never forget this with her first paycheck. She had remembered that I said that yellow roses were my grandmother's favorite flower. And my grandmother died when I was two and I never had a chance to meet her. And I had mentioned that in passing once she sent me with her first paycheck, a dozen yellow roses. Oh, I have chills everywhere. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. And I cried. And in that moment I realized what I want to help people do. It's not to put them in a better job or to make a ton of money. It's to help them have a better life. And so as I reflect on what I'm doing right now, it's the, the hysterical irony of the universe is that everything you ever do in your life, all the experiences, I think when you're walking in your purpose, you find that they all um, are there, right? Every skill set, every experience is used for good. And so today what I do is I help people start a new career as a life coach and a healer, right? So it all, it all kind of shakes out. So um, yeah, that's really how I got started. I was, I was 22 years old at that time. So. Wow. That is incredible. And how thoughtful of her to remember that and what uh, a special human. Yeah. And, and what's wild is I tell the story. Oh my goodness. How many years later? 20, I was 22. I'm 44 now. So I, I tell the story 22 years later. I haven't forgotten her because of that. So <sighs> So yeah. special. Mm -hmm. I know I love hearing people's story because I feel like there's really no middle road. There's like always a catalyst of something that was like, oh my goodness, like this is what I'm supposed to do. There's always that aha moment. I just find it so fascinating that no matter what walk of life or what journey people have been on, it always is that same moment. Mm -hmm. Yes, right. It has like a, a million different faces, but at the end yes. of the day, it's all the same, right? Yeah. Yes. I love hearing all the different shapes, sizes, and forms of it. So with working with women, I know we have a lot of coaches that tune in and listen. So I would love to give people some insight on how to really align spiritually within your business, because there is that fine line of you know, all the changes, staying on top of the algorithm, on the marketing, all the, you know, business aspect of things, which most spiritual people want to focus on loving people and healing people. But at the same point, we have to eat, right? There's that yin and yang. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I've seen a pattern lately. This totally just came to me randomly. So I see a pattern lately with a lot of people where there's a lot of guilt around money, like you shouldn't have it. And like you can be spiritual and you can be in your purpose and you can be very abundant. And abundance doesn't just mean money. It means like you're in that joyous state of helping people and healing and where, wherever your walk of Dharma is. But mm -hmm. being able to really align with that, what, is, what are some tips that you have for really stepping into that authenticity? Yeah, I, I love how you use the word guilt specifically. I think that uh, people who are called particularly to sort of people-based, service-based professions from, from their heart really, really struggle with this. And there is so much I could say to this, but what I have done is I've tried to look at nature. You know, we talk about alignment, right? We talk about purpose. We talk about living this aligned life. You show me where in nature 
there is lack that is natural. Mm. I, I live here in, in the South. I live in Florida and we have the most gorgeous oak trees and pine trees, right? So when I look up at a pine tree, I mean, I, there are thousands on one pine tree. There are thousands of pine cones. That's the seed that it puts out. And then on one pine cone, there's like, I don't even know, probably 200 seed seedlings, little seeds. Okay. So there's thousands of pine cones and on each pine cone, like, I don't even know how many seeds on each pine cone. Right. And they get bigger and they're huge. These things are huge. Nature is abundant. I actually believe that if you are a spiritual per if you are trying to orient to a spiritual life, if you are a person who is trying to walk in your Dharma, you have a moral obligation to claim abundance in every fashion. And yes, I'm talking about stone cold money. I'm not walking away from that conversation anymore. Like profit, money, right? I And I think the step into that is to really challenge yourself to believe in your love and your service to people. So here in Atmana, we say we, we run and we train our coaches to build purpose mm. first, profit next practices, purpose first, profit next practices. As I walk in my purpose, profit will come. So for me, it is a given, it is a total given for me that I am going to be serving people first. I, the story I just told, <laughs> I've been doing it since I was 22. I could not do that if I tried, right? It's just how I am. And I trust that. So I think the reason why we feel guilty or we're scared to claim it uh, really at the end of the day, it's because you haven't done the inner excavation of, do you really believe that you're here to serve people? Because I know I am, and I know that I'm not going to sell out for the mm -hmm. money. And I think when you know that you it's, we get over this notion that we can't be abundant financially, um, relationship wise in, in any area. So I actually think it's a sin if we, and by sin, I, I mean the, that just that the definition of that word really just means to miss the mark, right. Mm -hmm. To make a mistake. If I do sin, then it's not going to be because I'm this greedy, terrible, awful person. I actually believe that the sin is not being abundant. I actually think that I have a moral and ethical obligation to become as wealthy in all areas of my life as I can. And I see that wealth as a sign of alignment. I see it as a sign of growth. When something is thriving, look at a plant. It's naturally abundant, right? So I think it's really about flipping the script on that and challenging this idea that you have to live this, you know, poverty stricken, you know, the vows of poverty and all of this stuff that we used to take, I think, you know, back in antiquity, it is 2021 as of the recording of this podcast, like, <laughs> like that, that is a choice you are making. No one's putting that, you know, and I, no one is putting that on us, but ourselves, so I, I grew up incredibly poor. I'm talking like, if you get up in the middle of the night, you better turn the light on and wait 30 seconds or you're going to hear a crunch because there are cockroaches all over the floor type of poor. Like that type of poor. Like pour water in the milk jug because we don't have any money for milk this week. Like that kind of poor. And to me, the grossest, most disgusting thing in the world is poverty, not mm. wealth. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, I think, I think it's about seeing yourself, um, as, as someone who is a piece of, you're no different than anyone. Would you wish, 
would you wish a life of just living above, you know, just making it by on it? Of course you wouldn't. You would want everybody to thrive. And I think it's about saying, you know what, I give myself permission to do that too in all areas. Yeah. Uh, and the, the analogy with the pine cones, that was so beautifully put because there is so much and I don't, you know, it's society and just how we are, you know, and I think it's still coming out of that as much as we say, like, we are women, hear us roar, you know, like, I still think that that mindset is so instilled sure. um, that there is just that lack scarcity, um, that it's, you know, that it's really hard to be, or it must be nice. You know, you hear all these quotes that people say and these things that people do. And it's like, no, like, this is your birthright. Like, you are meant to be abundant. You are not meant to be, like starving you're not meant to be needing things you're meant to be able to walk in your purpose and then still have so that guilt and shame to really peel those layers away and it takes a lot of self-work to do if that's how you were raised and that's you know you have all the limiting beliefs and there's so many layers to it mm -hmm. but I've seen this lately repeatedly with clients I'm like oh my goodness this is this is really a thing. Like this is an onion that needs to be peeled, but no one's talking about it because it's such a taboo. You know, it's such a, oh, we don't talk about money. We don't talk about how much we make. And it's like, no, like we should be talking about this. We should be having these conversations because that's why you're doing what you're doing is so that you can live an abundant life and you can help people and you can travel and see cultures and learn things and experiences and connect with people. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that it's rude to ask a person Yes, <laughs> what they make. And it's and I've thought about that question a lot. And I, the answer kind of hit me. The reason why is because in our culture, we still equate our self worth mm -hmm. to the amount of money we make. And so that's why it's rude. And how sad. It's just a number. It has absolutely nothing to do with your value or your worth whatsoever. And I love that you're talking about the taboos. One of the things that I'm really just on fire. Um, you know, I had a coach tell me once, talk about what pisses you off. Oh, <laughs> I like that. I and, like it a lot. Yeah. And one of the things that really uh, angers me in, in our industry is this conversation around, well, you're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth uh, a high dollar value coaching program. Are you really? I, I Am I like, am I the high price hooker? Like walking down the end of Phillips <laughs> highway? I know. Like, it really makes me feel like I'm pimping myself out. Like, so I, I tell my coaches and even myself, I'll never forget the day that I just decided to charge, you know, $10,000, like to go, you know, five figures with my program. And I, what I know in being high price, low price, doing work for free is none of it changes who I am. So, you know, we are not, if I hear one more person say, yes, you know, value your work, you're worth it, charge what you're worth. There's no amount of money on the planet that we could charge that would encapsulate our worth. Mm. So it really is, I think, doing the work of untethering the value of who we are personally, spiritually, right, to the to the work that we're bringing forward in the world. And there's nothing on the face of this earth that can diminish the value of who we are, because the value that we have is given to us by a power that precedes and transcends this world. So, you know, your value can only be relinquished. You, ha you have to choose to say to diminish yourself, right? No one can do that, can do that to you. So 
Um, you know, the minute that we begin, the minute we stop being ego identified with our, you know, our, whatever it is we're doing in our businesses, the minute we, we break that tie, well, then it's just a number we're slapping on, <laughs> you know, it's okay. Well, what feels good to you, you know, but, but let's make no mistake. I am not worth the price of my program. And you know what else? My clients aren't worth what they're paying, right? They're, they are buying a product. Like if I spend, you know, $125 on a pair of running shoes, you know, am I, you know, am I valuing myself? Well, oh, you know, Nike's worth it. Like is Nike <laughs> worth a hundred? It's like, it's ridiculous, right? We don't do this with products. We just see it as an exchange. And I, I think we need to get back to that to some extent. We're very, very, very identified with what we're bringing forward. And, and we need to bring in a little bit of that masculine and go, you know what, man, it's a coaching certification. Here's the price. Do you want it or not? I'm good. Right? Like, if not, that's cool. There's going to be somebody else who does. That's fine. Exactly. You know? Right. Yeah. Oh, step into the masculine. Yes, there is that balance for a reason, that whole law of polarity thing, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, I'm just like, I love that you said what pisses you off. So let's, <laughs> let, let's, I can flow with this. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I love All it. All right. I'm like, I'm in. Um, so let's talk about how people get the mindset of there is not enough for everyone. There's so many coaches. You hear people slamming people all the time. And it's really that one bad apple that like sours it for everyone, right? Mm. Um, the person that's trying to work with everyone instead of working with the person that they have like expertise in that niche. True. Um, so that is one thing that irks me beyond belief is that I work with women and they're feeling like, you know, they're drowning in this sea. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. Like, how, do you, are you going to be able to truly connect with 10,000 women or would you want to like really connect and see life-changing purposes with say a hundred women? Like, and, and there's enough for everyone. There's plenty for everyone. Like we are all connected. And so seeing that and seeing how, and this is what I think is so freaking amazing since COVID, the thing that's come out of it is I really feel like as a community in general, we are just shifting to this point of like, people are craving healing. Like healing is trendy as shit right now. And that mm -hmm. is awesome. Like, <laughs> like That's are a you quotable, kidding me? Courtney. You need to quote yourself on this. <laughs> healing is trendy as shit right now. That You got to put that up somewhere. <laughs> That's great. Like, thank God, whatever it is, we got to get people to that place. Let's go. Amen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> but I just relate to that on so many levels because I remember stepping in from, you know, being a therapist to being a coach. And it was like this weird dynamic of like, okay, well, this is a safe, you know, environment to work in versus being more online in this presence. And it was really allowing myself to not be you. There were so many rules. Every coach that I worked with, I had like these rules. You have to get to hyper niche down. You have to do this. I'm like, well, I'm not a hyper niche person. I'm a manifestor generator. I do like 50 things at one time and that's how I'm happy. And so really like being able to like when I allowed myself to break the rules and not set these limits on myself, that is when I feel I became so in alignment with my business. I started really connecting with the right women at the right time, exactly when I was supposed to. But I had to let go of the idea that I was supposed to act a certain way or be a certain way. And it felt it didn't feel authentic. It felt fake as shit. Like it wasn't who I was. And so I have this creative aspect to me and I needed to incorporate that in with my coaching and 
I loved the woo-woo side of things, but I also had training in trauma therapy. So it was combining all of those for me versus being like, no, you can, you can only do this one thing. And this is the only thing that you can talk about on Instagram. And it was like, no, F that you can be you. Mm -hmm. I, I love what you're saying. And, and look, I have a lot of, like, I resonate a lot with what you're saying here, like the common, these frustrations, how coaches feel. It makes perfect sense to me. You log online and you see a a sea of coaches, right? Mm -hmm. And let's be clear. A lot of these people have absolutely no freaking clue what they're doing. Like they really don't. And I, I'm a former psychotherapist as well. So, you know, classically trained, you know, clinical mental health counselor. And I think it's, you know, I look at it and I'm like, all right, But one of the things that I have a a mindset shift that has helped me with that, and I, and I see it help my coaches as well, is that we are all here trying to figure out who we are and our businesses reflect that. Right. Mm. And so one of the things that I think I have, I had to stumble, you know, ask backwards in to be successful in my own practice and now have really sort of mastered the art and science of teaching it to our coaches that we, that we train. I think the fundamental difference for people who do orient spiritually in the world. And by saying you're a spiritual seeker, I just mean a person who that's the lens, right? Some people see the lens through the body. Some people see it through more of the cognitive, like they're an intellectual, right? Then you've got like super feely people. And then you have people who see things through the lens of spirituality. I think if you're an, if you're an empath, if you approach life through the emotional lens or the spiritual lens, what is really important to remember? And I think this is the key to really finding, like you're saying, giving yourself permission to just go be more Courtney. Um, is, is to know that the more you step into giving yourself permission to express who you are in the world, your business will be a natural extension of that. And that is what creates the, uh, the magnetism, the authenticity. So we talk, I talk a lot about creating your lighthouse message. Do you want to be a tugboat in your business or do you want to be a lighthouse? Do you want to exhaust yourself running around in the harbor in the middle of a storm, begging ships to come in? Girl, they might not even want to come into port. Girl, you're out there trying to get people. You are exhausting yourself. Like, no, I actually believe as healers, our job is to stand in dark places, immovable, like a lighthouse. They're always in dark and dangerous places. You stand there and you shine day after day after day. You be who you are. And you, and that is it. And you fit, but the the problem with that is a lot of people don't know who they are. They don't know what they naturally stand for. So I, I also see a lot of coaches trying to quote unquote, figure out what their niche is or figure out what their messages are, figure Mm. out how they're going to position. And the, and I get that on the practical level, you do need to figure it out. But I think the way we figure that out is by witnessing ourselves in aligned action. We do it through watching ourselves show up in the world, being who we are, and then noticing, ha, huh, that felt really good to talk about that. Or, ew, that, that didn't feel aligned with what I want. It's witnessing the, it's having the experience of being yourself, watching that, and then saying, okay, that's it. That's me. That's my message. That's my business. This is what I want my life to stand for. So that to me is the solution. It's giving yourself permission to create a business 
that is actually reflective of something that you love. And I tell you what, success is actually not as hard as people think it is. I am all my friends own their own businesses. We're practically all self-made millionaires. And I know a lot of people that have made it successfully in their pro their businesses, right? They're very, very successful who hate their lives. They, yes. you know, they do, they hate their <laughs> life. They hate their business because yeah, you know what you did? You niche down, you niche down when you knew you shouldn't have, and you started selling widgets when you wanted to sell baskets and, you know, it, and that's what you thought you, you had to do to make money. And it's just not true. It's not true. I know people who are professional mermaids for a living and they kill it. They oh, kill yeah. it. They, I'm serious. Like I love it so much. You can make a living doing anything, anything. As long as you love it, you're going to stick with it. And if you stick with it long enough, you're going to be successful. So I, I, I hear you. I think it's at the end of the day, it's you've got to be who you are because it's the only thing you have to give. And it's the most vulnerable thing you can do. But it's also the surest path to, path to success that's sustainable that you actually want to keep in your life forever. Yeah. And I love that you bring up that, you know, being rich doesn't mean that you're happy, but because some of the most miserable, miserable people I have met are some of the most wealthiest. Oh, and yeah. Abundance is so that's why bringing it back to the dang pine cone, like mm -hmm. abundance is the full package. It's, you know, finding that inner joy. It's being healing. It's helping people. And I feel like when we're actually serving the highest good, everything else just falls into place exactly as it's supposed to. But we have to trust and like, really let go which is very much easier said than done totally get that yeah <laughs> but we we truly do to you know stop having to control every outcome or every situation of how it's going to unfold and just allowing the magic to happen and tr as corny as it sounds really enjoying you know these steps that we have and celebrating the milestones versus just trudging through to the top of the mountain because then you get to the top of the mountain and then what mm-hmm yeah, you're like, uh, I think the I think the only thing that's worse than not making it to the top of the mountain is getting there and realizing you betrayed yourself to do it. Mm. Oh, chills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what about that? We need more conversations around that. But but I I I also think that in the coaching industry, there's there's a block that I see people having that we think is the solution when I'm actually, I actually, from my perspective, I see it as a problem. And that is this whole notion that you've got to fix yourself. You've got to work on yourself. You've got to be on this like constant state, you know, of healing, 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 healing. And it's like, you do the work has never done as long as you're vertical and have, you know, air in your lungs, the, 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 the path of self-actualization is always there. But I also think that we can use that as an excuse for not taking action and for not getting outside of our comfort zone and challenge, challenging ourselves to, to be more and to do more in our businesses. You know, mm. it's a, in other words, it's a great place to hide, right? Oh, I'm working on my childhood trauma. Well, yeah, you are. And so am I. And we all are. Thank God. That's what it is to be a light worker. But does that really mean you can't go ahead and start that podcast, girl? Does it? Does it? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Mm. You probably could. <laughs> you just made it spicy. Yeah. So many people are like, damn that bitch right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like you're, you, there's a difference between um, working on yourself, like healing, right? And then trying to quote unquote fix yourself. Oh. 
there's nothing wrong with you. Like I, I always kid around and say, one day I'm going to write a book that's called there's nothing effing wrong with you. Like you just have things to work on. That's yeah. all. It doesn't mean you're broken there. And all, especially with core wounds. Um, I was, and I'm, I'm very transparent about this. I make, you know, trigger warning um, for those who've, you know, are sensitive to this, but I am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. I was sexually abused starting at the age of four for about a year and a half to two years by a family friend. You know, that is something that I will spend the rest of my life unpacking. And I am okay with that. I, I don't expect there to be this day where I'm like, you know what? I was sexually abused at the age of four. You know what? I'm pretty good with it. I'm fine. Everything's okay. No, I'm, may I never be entirely okay with that. It's not something I'm supposed to be okay with. However, comma. What it doesn't do is wound me still. What it doesn't do is hold me back. I don't see myself as a victim. I absolutely know the lesson in it. I thank God for the experience. Not only did it not hinder me, it has helped me in my career. And I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, but I wouldn't let you take the exper experience from me for anything because I believe that it's actually made me a better person. And mm. that is that that is as healed as you are going to get. So. Absolutely. I wish that more healers understood that, that you, it is okay to be a work in progress. It really is. You're ready. You're more ready than you think you are. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a firm believer too, that, you know, when someone says they're done healing, you run the other way because it is a <laughs> lifelong journey. Right. And, but that's what we're freaking here for. Like we signed a soul contract. Like we are here to learn lessons. We are here to walk through the yucky stuff and then to help others walk through it. Like, and then to learn from it. And, you know, and a lot of things happen that aren't our fault. I have a very similar story too. So I relate to you a lot on those levels, but it's not something that you let, you know, that you stand in the victim over. And like so many of us were taught from such a young age to be the victim because life happened to us instead of taking the bull by the horns and having mm. life happen for us. Absolutely. Yeah. And the interesting, I love what you just said. And what's so interesting about that is the experience doesn't change, but our perception of it can. And that's what makes the difference. Mm. Yes. Oh, so much goodness. Oh, I could keep talking and talking. Okay. So top three things in your entire career that, or a lot, you know what, screw it. In your entire life, your top biggest <laughs> lessons that you have just been like, wow, I wish I would have known that sooner. What were they? Oh my goodness. I know I'm really putting it in the um, spot here. <laughs> I, that that I, I believe, so I will say this to be true about my life, but, but I, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, um, you know, the, to believe, to speak what you believe to be true, that is true for you, but for all men is pure genius. And so I will tell you what I believe to be true for myself, but also believe to be true for all sentient creatures alive and well in the world. I have learned that there is an unconquerable and immeasurable source of power within myself that arises at the right moment. It just like waves that come from the, you know, from the, the middle of the ocean, somehow land on the seashore. I live here at the, uh, at the, um, at the beach here in Florida, just like those waves never stop coming to the shore. So does my power and my potential. And I think that that's true for all people if we would only believe in it. So the first is you are, you are more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Um, the second is that I am thoroughly convinced within myself that every person on earth is born for a purpose. 
that your life has meaning. This is not an accident. You're not just like one little person in an infinite universe, a little speck. Absolutely not. You are a piece of, of God here on earth, right? You are a co-creator. You are a child of God, you know, a, 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 um, a manifestation of the universe, however you want to phrase it. And that has meaning. And the third thing that I know is that we have this, this ability within ourselves that we call intuition that leads and guides us every single moment that we, that we quite literally have the ability to stop and listen to this inner intelligence, call it, you know, the voice of, of the divine, whatever, this inner guidance system that leads us to unlocking that power and fulfilling that purpose. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think those three things together, if every human being said, I'm more powerful than I can possibly imagine, I am absolutely on this planet for a purpose. And I am led and guided every single moment of my life through my intuitive voice to unlock that power and live that purpose. This world would be instantaneously different if we all claimed that as our truth. Oh, hell yes, it would. Oh, mm -hmm. so good. So have you, before we go, have you read the book, um, uh, the warrior goddess training? No, I haven't. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I am reading it right now and it's so funny. Like I've had so many synchronicities in the past couple of weeks. It's, it cracks me up. So, uh, today I was driving and I always listen to my little audible while I'm in the car. And that's what she was talking about to a T was that, you know, we, we come here and like, so oftentimes we're so worried about like, so she was comparing it to the archetype. So the maiden, the mother and the crone, um, the three divine ones. And so she was talking about how so often, you know, society tells us to be like the maiden archetype, you know, like no wrinkles and we're beautiful and we're young and we're vivacious and we're this, but like how we should be embodying the crone, which is like ultimate wisdom and wanting to serve the highest good and wanting to connect with people and knowing your purpose clearly and then acting that out every day and waking up excited instead of waking up in dread. And I was just like, wow, that is so accurate. We are trained from itty bitty that the, we should be like the maiden instead of like embodying this wise woman and connecting to our sexuality and like, and then how overly we are motherly, right? Like we're, oh, how we use it to people please and become passive and we have to take care of everyone versus really stepping into that you know, the boundary of the mom is like, you know, that mother archetype, whether you have kids or not, you can still embody that mm -hmm. and stepping into being very firm with, you know, loving yourself and taking care of yourself so that your cup over pours and that like not comparing that to being selfish, but knowing that that is just a part of like human nature that like we have to love ourselves first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I think mothering ourselves is the first person we should mother. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I'm, I, I love what you're saying about the perpetual maiden. That is so, so true that, and you had mentioned earlier, you know, there's a lot of talk about being empowered and, you know, be a strong yes. woman, go girl. I, I think that this, that piggybacks on what you're saying right here, which is this, we all say that we want, that we are here to see women's empowerment. And it has been my experience that still, it's a fun thing to say, but when a woman really does step up and say, you know what? No, 
As a matter of fact, I'm not going to be a never ending well in reserve for you to siphon off of. I'm not going to just people please and be here for you all the time. Here I am. This is me. Here are my dreams. This is my yes. This is my no. This is what I want. This is what I don't want. This is what I can do for you. This is what I won't do for you. You are invited to my life. Wait a minute. No, you're not. Invitation rescinded. That scares the shit out of every living soul. Like I actually really believe the most intimidating and terrifying so thing. Yeah. Like the most intimidating and terrifying thing in the known universe is a woman totally embodying her crone energy. Mm, like yes. I am here. I am, which I think we can claim, you know, at any chronological age point, right? We oh, can, absolutely. Yeah. I, I really do. I think that that's that, that it's something the world, um, it's something the world has yet to really uh, say, okay, I, I know what to do with this, right? The maiden we've got down and the mom we've got down, as long as she doesn't have a job and is packing lunch and for, lunches for the kids and is supporting absolutely everybody but herself and her life. We've got though, we, you're allowed to show up in the world like that. So um, I, I, I love the crone energy. Um, I'm 44. My daughter is 17 years old. She's starting her senior year. So I'm about to be an empty nester. Oh. I, <laughs> I am so looking forward to it. And I have to tell you, it feels really relieving, yeah. you know, to step into this. I think the biggest lie um, that we tell women is that it you, when you hit 40, everything changes. You become so... Um, like you said, just comfortable with your sexuality, really just okay with who you are. And I wish more women knew that. Trust me, the best is yet to come. It, the, it only, I, I am like, I am staring down the barrel of 50 and I'm like, I can't wait. That's going to be epic because every decade it gets better. Right. So um, I think we have a lot to look forward to as women. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so much goodness today. See, this is why I let it flow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. So if someone has a question or they're interested in your program, can we touch on that a little bit and just where people can find you, connect with you? And then also if they want to sign up to work with you, where's the best spot to do that as well? Absolutely. So uh, what we do, you can find me at heatheralashay.com online. Really the best way into this is to sign up for, we do a five-day free workshop. It's called Live Your Purpose, Launch Your Practice. You can go to my website at www.heatheralashay.com. You can find me on Instagram at Atmana Academy. But if you register for Live Your Purpose, Launch Your Practice, what it's going to do is it's going to walk you through the five facets of becoming a purpose first, profit next, highly trained, powerful, professional, intuitive coach. So, um, you know, my jam in the world is training life coaches in the fundamental coaching skills, but we are the world's first and only life coach training academy to concretize from a research supported, using research supported frameworks that we, that I've created um, to concretize the use of intuition as a coaching skill. So you see a lot of people using intuition. Well, we've, we've actually done the research on this and put it within, um, you know, a research supported model to really help you do that in a way that's grounded. That is, I mean, look, I love the new age I mean, I, you throw a pack of freaking Oracle cards at me and I'm the happiest girl in the world. But I also think <laughs> as, as we show up in our, our practices, if, if you want to make, you know, 80, 100, $150,000 a year as a professional coach, like you need to be trained and you need to have, um, 
you know, that that high level, we always kid and say that Atmana is like Harvard meets Hogwarts, right? It's a little I bit of <laughs> Yeah. So sign up for Live Your Purpose, Launch Your Practice, and um, also on my website. And if you find me on Insta, just DM me on Insta. Um, we can connect you with Sasha or Sharana. We do these like little 15 minute connect calls just to kind of see where you're at. Trust me, it's not a sales call. Um, I can't stand that, right? Like we're all about just building relationships with people uh, and seeing if it's a right fit. But if you're interested in being a life coach, if you want to be properly trained and you want the business development, we are kind of a fun place to be. So you're invited to check it out. <laughs> yes, so much goodness all in one spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed our conversation so much. We definitely have to do this again sometime. Thank you, Courtney. And I'd love to have you on my podcast too. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'll email you. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Okay. We will talk soon. Bye. Bye. Okay. So I think we can all agree that Heather is a freaking rock star and amazing. I hope that you guys got so much out of today. And I just encourage you, if you are standing behind the healing journey and you're waiting to start till the perfect time to just do it. Just five, four, three, two, one, go. Take a little advice from Mel Robbins and just hop in because there is no time like the present and you cannot start start walking in your purpose until you actually step into it and really lean into the fear. As corny as that sounds, if something scares you, do it, explore it, get curious about it because that is where the freaking magic unfolds. So today, if you've been on the sidelines of something or you have something heavy on your heart or your intuition's been calling you to do something, follow through. Take a step today. Start with some action. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. This is my little labor of love and I am so grateful for each and every one of you. As always, if you could subscribe, leave me a review, let me know what you think of the podcast. It means so much to me. If there is any questions you guys ever have after an episode or a topic that you would like to have on the show, send me a DM at The Sweetest Little Life on the gram and I am more than happy to make that come to life for you. Have a beautiful day. As always, shine bright.